the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I sure am, and I am glad to be with you on this Monday edition of Lifeline. So happy to be alive in Christ and uh, and well. I hope you are also. This is November 16th, 2020. Every day we're counting down until we have a resolve, are we not, concerning the election that uh, took place a few weeks ago. And we are in the midst of a countdown, a recount, a revote a controversy, if you will, and uh, who knows what the turnout will be. But I'll tell you, every day that goes by, you and I can learn a lot about our country, about our nation, about the Constitution, about what we are spiritually. Um, To be honest with you, I had a powerful day of worship yesterday. I don't know if uh, if you track with us at Grace Bible Church in Hayward, but if you haven't I do want to I want to urge you and compel you to start tracking with me in the book of the revelation I'll tell you there is a lot there that has direct application to where we are on so many levels not only are we getting what I consider a faithful exegesis of the text and a historical account that we can affirm through the old testament as well as the new testament which gives us the framework for how God works in the present as well as in the future. One of the things I've told the people of God over and over again, uh, the world complains that you and I have a history book. The Bible is some 2,000 years old in terms of the finalizing of the text, or if you will, the uh, history of the canonization of the New Testament. And it it is uh, some 3,500 years old in total. Moses wrote the Old Testament some 1,500 years before Christ, about 1487 to 1447 B.C. And uh, and the New Testament was written in the first century, uh, the Christian era, most of it, if not all of it, completed, completed before the first century. So what do we have? We have a book that is historical in nature, but because it is divine also in its essence and its origin, it has for us perpetual truth. See, truth is never old. Truth is never antiquated or antedated. Truth is eternal in nature, and therefore God can take history and show us not only the present, but the future. So the Holy Ghost takes those things that are written, history, and shows us not only where we have been, but where we are and what? Where we are going. This is the magic, if you will, the mystery, the power, the relevance of the word of the living God. And we have been looking at the book of Revelation, speaking to us about very powerful events that circumscribe both the church in its place in the world, and the governments of the world. And the Bible has laid out for us four major uh, governmental systems, the Babylonian, Medo-Persian, the Grecian system, and then ultimately the Roman Empire system, which we have argued the Roman Empire judiciary and framework of governance uh, as well, because 
the Roman Empire adopted a lot of Greek culture and Greek philosophy, as well as Greek government, which we operate out of in the West here uh, today as well. A lot of similarities. And this is where uh, the prophets of old and the apostles and teachers of the word of God have been able to recognize that what's taking place in the book of the Revelation has been paradigmatic throughout church history. And today I'll tell you where we are today in our present historical context with the kind of uh, increase in knowledge, increase in technology, increase in unrest, increase in tensions and conflicts, you know that there has been since the fall of mankind, since the fall of the angels, which some of us argue would be simultaneous to the fall of mankind, if not just a bit before the fall of mankind. Satan fell, then humanity fell, and we've been in a war ever since. This is a very serious spiritual warfare that the Church of the Living God has been a part of since the days of uh, the earliest human beings on planet Earth, and we are in a vigorous warfare today. And only the discerning Christian knows that. Only the discerning Christian is aware that we are on the brink of some major, some major uh, imposition, if you will, some major massive uh, impartation of, 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 of change significant apocalyptic change that's on the horizon of our world. Even as God says, we would be growing closer and closer toward the end time. He would say that there would be wars and rumors of wars and crazy ecological disturbances and wild and bizarre uh, signs. A lot of them that's going on right now is this crazy prophecy stuff. You're hearing from everybody that wants to cash in on the election. Don't listen to that that garbage. Listen to your Bible and listen very carefully to it. But, you know, I was kind of settling the saints down around uh, why we have such a controversial election this time around. And we've talked about it last week and we'll talk about it a little bit more as well. But what you and I want to be able to do is just really listen carefully to God and, and really try to see what's going on within the realm of human agency, which happens to be the manifestation of spiritual conflict. On the part of the people of God, there is a way to behave, a way to think, and a way to act in this crazy world. On the part of the reprobate, the, the, um, the unregenerate, uh, the rebels against uh, the will of God in this world, they will behave a certain way and act a certain way and, and do certain things too. And it's important for us to be able to understand why people think certain ways and act certain ways. But mostly what you have to be concerned about, which the Bible always is, is the nefarious, fraudulent, uh, deceptive, maniacal ways of government it was, um, it was our early founding fathers who made it very plain. Government is a necessary evil. And I'll tell you, you guys, uh, the more I have been digging into where we are today in light of the apocalypse and in light of the things that have transpired in our culture, uh, diabolical is a nice word for our governments and for politics and for what's going on presently. And, I, and if you want to uh, really begin to understand something about what's going on in our government, I'm going to direct your attention to two very important, uh, I, I guess they are interviews or, or programs. I don't know how you might put it. I wouldn't call them uh, podcasts. I would just simply call them events 
online. One of them is by Sydney Powell. Sydney is a female Powell. She is uh, the present, I guess, um, she's the present lawyer or chief lawyer for uh, Donald Trump in regards to all of the voting, uh, alleged voting fraud that's taking place across our nation. She's someone you want to begin to be aware of. Her name is Sydney Powell. She's been in government for a long time, and she she's doing an interview at a particular college. It will come back to me. And the title of this particular episode is called How to Fix Justice. How to Fix Justice. Sydney Powell and How to Fix Justice. She's at a particular university, and I'll have it by the time we come back from the break. The other particular event you want to watch is called Adam uh, Andrzejewski's, Adam Andrzejewski's, The Deep or The Depth of the Swamp. Adam Andrzejewski's, that's an A-N-D-R-Z-E-J-E-W-S-K-I, The Depth of the Swamp. If you just look up Sidney Powell, How to Fix Justice, and Adam Andrzejewski, uh, Andrzejewski, rather, The Depth of the Swamp, both of them are going to lead you down paths and into specific details of persons and statistics in the government that Donald Trump is a part of right now, Joe Biden's a part of right now. And if you don't have clarity on what we have been arguing for years about the diabolical nature of politics, you're going to get it here. And the thing about it is, you know, I don't get into conspiracies or any of the uh, fringe uh, people who might be taking you down wrong paths. I think it's a waste of time. But both of these persons are legitimate uh, individuals in legitimate business enterprises that have to do with our nation's government. Sidney Powell is a, a stellar lawyer of a long time. She's way on the par, if not even more sage than, uh, than Amy Comey Barrett. Uh, if, if you have really enjoyed her uh, her presentation, for which she made it into uh, the Supreme Court justice, uh, and Adam Andrzejewski happens to just be part of a a insider group in Washington that calls for accountability. And when you listen to him talk about the depth of the swamp of what's going on in terms of uh, of money that gets laundered and gets run around and washed through all of our major institutions, then you're going to know what I was talking about yesterday if you've been listening uh, in my sermon when I talked about the black book that government has by which it has all kinds of opportunities to spend so much money that you and I are looking presently at $23 trillion in our uh, national debt. And uh, much of it cannot be accurately and adequately accounted for. But if you listen to Adam Andrzejewski talk about it, he will give you some blood-curling uh, evidence and clarity on how wasteful the elite have been in spending money and, uh, and bringing us to this point of calamity that we're in. But please listen to also Sydney Powell, because she's going to help you understand what's going on presently in the government. And I'd love to hear from you next week on this. Sydney Powell, How to Fix Justice, Adam Andrzejewski, The Depth of the Swamp. And there are many other sites I can share with you, but if you start right there, you will exponentially grow in your certainty and clarity on what's going on. You will have a greater insight into the false narrative that's coming forth and the accurate narrative that has hardly a chance of getting out because of the council culture, council culture that you and I are in. 
I'm going to take a break here in a second. I'm going to raise a question, and then we're going to, when we come back, we're going to pick up on it. Here's the question. What does Joe Biden, George W. Bush, and Pope Francis have in common? What does Joe Biden, George Bush, George W. Bush, and Pope Francis have in common? The number is one 367 one whole bunch to talk about on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Again, all the lines are open, one 367 Glad to be with you. I hope you're glad to be here, too. We're going to make it, Saints. We're going to make it. We just got to put one foot in front of the other with the proverb, uh, chapter 418, as our promise, the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. I'll be right back. And we do want to welcome you back to the time, 522 on the Monday edition of Lifeline, November 16th, one week out, I think, from um, from Thanksgiving. Yes, next Thursday, I suppose, is we'll be all gathering around whatever kind of meat we can get, unless, of course, everybody is going to collapse up under Dr. Fauci's suggestion that we don't <laughs> acknowledge uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas, if you will. And uh, that plays right into what we're dealing with right now with the COVID issue. A lot of us are very much suspicious about the implications of how the COVID has been being handled, both in terms of, uh, you know, the controversy around its initial revelation and impact on the world, but even more so now uh, in terms of it giving power to our governors and um uh, to our Congress to uh, to impose upon the American people levels of res- restrictions that we haven't had in a long time, if ever. And it looks like uh, that's going to be happening more and more for a while. Uh, and maybe our uh, Joe Biden is the one who said that we're entering into a dark period, a dark winter, which means he doesn't want to see lights. He doesn't want to see people gathering. He doesn't want to see joy. He doesn't want to see happiness. He doesn't want to see... Uh, any kind of uh, jubilant activity going on where people gather together unmasked so we can smile at each other. And uh, Fauci would affirm that same type of sentiment. But uh, I'm, I'm sure the, the bright people of America will uh, will balance out the prudence that's needed to deal with this virus, along with the necessity of gathering together with their families. We certainly have not hindered that process um, in our home, we do gather for birthdays. We are gathering for Thanksgiving, and we will gather, Lord willing, for our Christmas time as well. We definitely just won't let this present agenda to strip us of any individual sovereignty, autonomy, or just down down to earth, logically right thinking. Uh, just so much to it that has to be uh, taken into consideration. There are two lines open if you want to chat. You got a comment, got an observation that's worthy of discourse. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Two lines open if you want to uh, try to render an answer uh, to. <laughs> What I'm about to answer in terms of what does Joe Biden, George W. Bush, and Pope Francis have in common, you see, both the pontiff and former President George W. Bush congratulated Joe Biden recently, even though it was President Bush whose last four years 
was achieved only after 37 days of a duly constitutional process of vote count off against Al Gore, if you remember that. And the one who gave us the extremely erroneous, unscientific book called Inconvenient Truth, where he was starting off the whole issue of global uh, uh, warming, which is still part of the big agenda of which I'm going to be talking about here in a moment. Um, uh, the question is, why would George W. Bush come out of silence, out of the woodwork, out of the dark, having absolutely... Uh, no positive thing to say about the Republican Party or 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 um, Donald Trump, but would but would in advance congratulate Joe Biden as if Joe Biden already won. He would have never ever taken that kind of overture uh, from uh, from someone else if it was his turn fighting for his potential for a second term as he did back in 2000 uh, after a 37 day count. But then again, Pope Francis popped up. Now, that's amazing. Pope Francis, George W. Bush, what do they have in common, as I stated, by which um, if you take that, 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 that trinity, I don't want to call them an unholy trinity yet, but there's some problems there. Uh, what makes this trio so important to the revelation of things that are taking place politically right now? And, and why bring this curious event to our t attention, PJ? I'm going to see if you would know. Uh, and so I'll take some of your calls if you guys are um, starting to come online. And yes, I've got three already online. I'm going to start with line one and talk with Dan from Sonoma. Dan, are you there? Yeah, I just have a couple of brief things that I want to mention in sort of connection with your topic. Sure. One of these is, from my understanding about uh, Joe Biden's program for conservation, would involve uh, subsidies to a lot of corporations that are green corporations. And uh, the last time that Obama and Biden did that, uh, they went bankrupt. Uh, you know is that um, even though liberalism and then you go into further past liberalism toward the concept of corporate Socialism. Marxism, Marxism sure. remains corporate. Uh, it, it does remain corporate, but it's, it's a, a weird kind of corporate uh, thought process. It, it doesn't matter if you make a profit or not. As, as long as you uh, get rich. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to bring up was about this uh, book that's come out on, on teenage transition, transgender sure. Sure. kids. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, the really negative cancel culture that's reacted against uh, her book. Right. Uh, and you can't say certain things, you, you know. Even if you're friendly to the topic, a person who is neutral or uh, fair-minded is not allowed to speak up about a topic. Now, right. Let me let me take. Let, a, I'm sorry. Go ahead on, Dan. Okay. Before go ahead on. I was going to make I, a stab at the thing you questioned, which was, uh, are they because uh, George Bush and Pope Francis are globalists? Maybe that's what you mean that they have a global agenda. Absolutely. 
Now, let me tie all three together. Absolutely, they are globalists. And, 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 and the vast majority of the American public uh, are completely clueless about the massive impl implications of that statement. Globalism is a neo-Marxist framework because the outcome of Marxism and socialism is the removal of all forms of sovereignty, whether it's nations or individuals. You know that. One of the things that I highlighted in the exposition on the uh, Communist Manifesto was that in, uh, in Karl Marx's diatribe, he never once acknowledged the individuality of persons. He simply talked about oppressor and oppressed. He talked about the proletariat and the bourgeoisie, uh, or bourgeoisie. Uh, he is uh, recognizing people in terms of identity politics. This is where we are today. It's not about the individual. And this is where uh, America has to really become aware of the salient problem that exists. Because once you stop looking at people as individuals, then the uh, expression of the Constitution relative to all of us having inalienable rights given to us by God is completely mitigated. But I want to go back and now kind of tie a couple things together that you stated that could have been uh, brought a little bit more clearly, Dan, in my opinion, though you were fine with it. Um, uh, when you were talking about the Green Deal that Obama and Biden uh, tried to bring to the forefront in their administration and how it collapsed, you are absolutely right. Uh, a, a socialist Marxist mindset does not care about collapse in the sense that their aim is not profit. And this is the thing that we have to understand when people would argue, well, China is not, not uh, communist, it's not Marxist because it, it has a capitalist uh, a system of, of monetary. Uh, that doesn't make it not communist. It doesn't make it not Marxist. Uh, uh, Marx was going after slightly the economic side of it, but when you deal with Marx on a more uh, pragmatic side, and certainly when you deal with him on a metaphysical side, the pragmatic and the metaphysical is very clear in our day. The pragmatic is, uh, it by any means possible, certainly a Marxist or a socialist would want to be at the helm of economic power. Why? To be able to force upon us the agenda. And that's what I'm going to talk about when we come back from the break. So why do we find ourselves at $23 trillion? Why does the world find itself struggling uh, on an economic level, why are the people that are in power uh, way at the top in the uh, in the stratosphere of billions of dollars uh, uh, gleefully sitting around waiting for the collapse of the economy around the world? The word is reset, R-E-S-E-T, the great reset. And if you begin to do your research in it and kind of peter out all of the peripheral stuff that doesn't matter, you'll understand that these policies that the left employ that collapse, like the one that's collapsing in, in California, uh, the green policy we've done here, they don't care about that because the more crisis, the more control. The more crisis, the more control. And when we come back, I'll unpack more fully what I mean by that on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And we are back. We've got two lines open if you want to join us. one 888 As Dan had gotten it right, the uh, common denominator between Joe Biden, George Bush, and Pope Francis is that they are radical globalists. Um, 
New World Order people, and if you have gotten tired of that term, you better stop getting tired of it because it's coming again. The Great Reset, of which I have spoken to you, is a 2030 project. We talked about the uh, Agenda 21 many years ago, and uh, during that time, the, the, the powers that be, your wealthy uh, individuals, your, your countries that sit at conferences and talk about the direction of the world and how to shape the world has talked about a 2030 project and you can go online look it up has everything to do with global warming has everything to do with green new deals has everything to do with COVID. has everything to do with control has everything to do with uh, a very uh nemesine and troublesome uh near future phenomena called a cashless system. You've heard that talked about, of course, and, and I have as well, but it becomes even more plausible when you think about the nature of economics and how that, if governments could have the kind of control over your finances where you are never exchanging money that's in your own person or on your own person or in your own presence and property, well, then they have control over the number, whatever that number might be. Let's say you were a $10 million uh, 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 wealth person, a person wealth person's personal wealth of $10 million. Well, that $10 million is a number. It's allegedly in a bank, banking system or on a computer. You can only get that money to the degree that you comport with, comply with all of the new rules that are coming down as to our submission to uh, very, very fascist uh, governmental policies. And one of them will be submission to the process of the global agenda, the, uh, the global warming agenda, the uh, New Deal, the Green New Deal. And, and all of that is stated explicitly at large in the Democratic platform. If you look at it carefully, it will tell you that you will be brought into the dragnet of those particular policies uh, and they will be forced upon us. And, uh, and, and George Bush is a part of it, Joe Biden, and as Archbishop Vigano, having warned us significantly in his stinging and critical words uh, to President Trump about the deep state and the deep church, that is Catholic apostasy, um, here's the question that you and I want to, to think through now before I go to the phone line, since you are smart people and you can discern the times. Here's the question. Why doesn't evil... And uh, you all know intuitively that evil exists. You know that it has the capacity throughout history to be extremely uh, detrimental and uh, destructive to humanity. Why doesn't evil just simply break out on every side and wreak havoc on human life? Why isn't the news filled with stories of like massive bloodshed, theft, fraud, violence, mayhem everywhere? Why haven't we had the revolution, the civil war, the overthrow of our constitutional experiment, the implementation of what you have heard for nine months on the part of the left, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, a radical socialism, total control of the lives of the citizenry, citizenry by the powerful and the wealthy, which is crouching at the door as we speak. Why hasn't that happened, ladies and gentlemen? Why is it still just, if you will, lurking right beyond the horizon where we can all kind of see the the uh, periphery of it, but it hasn't yet just lurched out 
and taken over. Why is it evil of that kind of nature factually breaking forth into our world? The answer is very clear. Two words, divine restraint, divine restraint. That's something I'm going to talk about over the course of the rest of the two hours, something I'm teaching right now in the 17th chapter of the book of the Revelation, that God restrains evil. He restrains evil from doing what it would if it could. He restrains it. And then at certain points where uh, agencies that are responsible for the maintenance of the restraining of that evil are taken out of the way, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, then that evil breaks out into perdition and destructive behavior, massive fulfillment of its own wicked agendas, such as Genesis chapter 6, and again attempted in Genesis chapter 9 and 11 with the Tower of Babel, and then again attempted in the days of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, and again attempted several times by the wicked nations, Babylon, Medo-Persia, the Grecian kingdom, and the Roman Empire, until God in his purpose once again thwarted their purpose throughout history. He has allowed evils to break out. You know it. Uh, the massive communist slaughters of, of millions of people, tens of millions of people. And again, we're on the brink of some kind of weird, diabolical, deceptive reset that would be willing to engage in the collateral damage of millions of people. We all know this. We all are aware of those things. But why isn't it happening? The answer to that is critically important because it has a lot to do with you, me, and our government. You and I and our present government. Let me go to line number two and quickly talk with Mark in San Jose. Mark, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I was just listening to... Well, um, I was just listening to Levin interview uh, Sidney Powell, uh, 540 down the dial. And uh, I'm gonna, next time I come visit your church, I've got two books for you, Licensed to Lie by Sidney Powell and uh, Before Jerusalem Fell by Kenneth Gentry, which ties into yesterday's sermon, by the way, and those that didn't hear it, he went on for two hours, and I, I didn't nod off. Very interesting sermon. Uh, in regards to the interpretation of the uh, 17th chapter of the book of Revelation. Sidney Powell is powerful. And her, and her book, License to Lie, is absolutely a must-read for anyone who wants to understand what's going on in the deep state. And Mr. Gentry's book about Jerusalem, as you know, I'm already working from the premise of a partial preter interpretation, only because a uh, partial preter interpretation gives you a much more accurate futurist interpretation as to what's going on where we are today. The application of it is so critically important to where we are today on so many levels. All right, what else do you have to say, young man? Yeah, and well, like you said yesterday, I mean, when we look at the book of Revelation, um, you know, there's no doubt it had to have an application for the first century Christians as well as us that are at the time of the end of the last days. You know, so it's very consistent. It's uh, your interpretation, uh, except for I, I, uh, I would uh, differ with you on the age of Christ. You say it's somewhere it's around forty-three. I would say thirty. No, I said I said thirty. You weren't listening. I said thirty. I said he's not thirty-three. He's going to be thirty-seven to thirty-eight years old. If he was born four B.C. or six B.C., that's the window during the time of uh, of, uh, of of Augustus Caesar. 
uh, he would be he would be um, take AD thirty three, no year zero, and take four years. He's either thirty seven or six years. He's thirty nine, not forty seven. Well, I'll argue privately with you the next time I visit. But I'm asking people uh, to call Zoe Lofgren, or if she's not your congressman, whoever is, and talk with a staffer or leave a message. Uh, with Kamala Harris also and Diane Feinstein and and ask them to tell Joe just to concede. We know that there's huge landslide for Trump. We know that uh, Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and others are looking at incredible fraud. So just call them. And, and the brother I was talking to yesterday said he just laughed. He says, it's not going to do any good. And I says, well, I, I hope you're wrong, but I, I think it will. So just do that, yeah. listeners. Right. No, that it's unfortunate what happened uh, over the last 10, 20, 30 years relative to the cynicism that we've all fallen into. Mark, I actually appreciate your observation to tell people to exercise their constitutional uh, rights and their constitutional privileges while we still have them. This is where I'm uh, worried about how we think, particularly my Christian brothers and sisters. I'm 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 crying out that we have freedoms, we have autonomy, we have authority, we have the right to speak to our representatives, and they don't want us to because they want us to act like we're already canceled. But just that freedom is not what most countries have anywhere in the world. Their leaders just tell them what to do or to be quiet. And when the vast majority of Americans become cynical, which they are not, by the way, they are not. The election indicated that there is a radically aroused awakening of so many uh, illuminated Americans that that we won't just kind of just lie down and let things go down the pipe towards globalism. It's just not. It's not going to happen. Uh, it just won't happen like that. It'll be a civil war before that occurs. And 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 to some degree, as much as I would hate for that to be the manifestation of resistance, when I'm talking about the restrainer keeping the abyss from opening up and the smoke of the pit coming out. The restrainer is both law and gospel, and law and gospel <clears throat> is always exercised both by citizens and by government when it obeys what the Word of God says. Thanks for the call, Mark. Got to take a hard break. When I come back, I'll pick up with you, Sean, on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We've got three lines open, one 367 one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If you guys want to join the conversation on this Monday edition of Lifeline, we'll be right back. And we are back. The time five fifty two on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me go to line number three and talk with Sean from Retland. Sean, are you there? I'm here, Pastor Jesse. How are you? I'm great. What's going on, man? What's your thoughts? Oh, good, good. Yeah, I have a, a few thoughts. Um, I wanted to take a shot at that question that you asked about uh, Bush, Biden, and Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. Um, the the first thought that came to my mind when you asked the question was uh, that they're all globalists. Um, and I, I, but but I think if you're speaking about Bush Jr., not are you speaking about Bush Jr. or Papa Bush? Well, you can't separate them just like you can't separate Vespasian from Titus and Domitian when you understand right. that they were collaborating. Um, so, you know, George H.W. Bush started it. He's the one that that basically right. pronounced take a crisis and use it so that the Phoenix can rise. All these guys have been globalists and in, in, in trading in American wealth for their own larger global agenda. And, uh, and his right. son took up the mantle. Uh, 
with the Iraq war. So, so go ahead on. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say with uh, the, the uh, a distinctive with the, that the three of those particular men share, Bush Jr., Pope Francis, and Biden, is they're all illegitimate offices. So Biden, he's claiming to be president, but he's not, and he I don't believe he will be. I believe Trump's going to end up prevailing in this because he won by a landslide, but he's claiming the presidency. Bush Jr. actually probably lost to Gore. If it was really legit, he probably lost to Gore and Pope Francis. His successor never uh, – his uh, the, the previous pope never died, so right. he shouldn't even be pope. So right. all three of them are occupying an office that's illegitimate according to their own systems. And, right. And, no, and go so, on. And, and that, was, that was a thought I had, and, and they're all globalists absolutely at the same time. And um, – and I, I really think that the, the, the God's restraint upon our nation is in the people like Sidney Powell or, or government officials that are actually trying to uphold the law and uphold the Constitution. And then citizens like, like us that honor the law and honor the Constitution and honor the God who made us and stand for what's true and what's right, and, and it's, it's – it's that restraining work of God that will actually keep Biden out of the presidency because it's fraudulent. You know, hopefully, if if the yeah. law is actually upheld, that, right. that's kind of where I where I'm seeing it. Right. No, you you have a good framework. I do want. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish out the hour with you. I, no, maybe I'll catch uh, I'll catch uh, Mark and Hillsdale to close out. But here's a really important way for. Did you get a chance to hear my sermon yesterday? No, I haven't heard Sunday's sermon. I was going to listen to it tomorrow, Lord willing. Okay. All right. I'll, 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 I'll save it largely for you to listen to, and we'll be able to pick this conversation up next week because I'm actually unpacking that portion of Scripture where the beast goes into perdition, and I'm dealing with the whole concept of the restrainer that Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 deals with, and you covered uh, an element of the tandem that I started talking about yesterday. Government is a fundamental tool in the hand of God for restraining the endemic evil of fallen nature and the cosmic evil of demonic presence, meaning the demonic presence of the kingdom of darkness works through government and it fulfills its will in the lives of the citizenry. That's why the Proverbs would tell us when the wicked rule, the people are mourning. When the righteous rule, the people rejoice. When the princes are wicked, many be thereof, and the nation that forgets God will turn, be turned into hell. And what we are not really grasping right now in the, the American experiment uh, Sean, uh, is the reality that the lid on the pit of hell is opening up gradually more and more as the powers of darkness are being allowed to uh, be unrestrained in its policies and in its practices uh, because of governmental corruption, governmental uh, degradation, governmental abrogation of authority, which is one tandem. It's the government and the church. This is the way the New Testament has been set up. God has ordained government, as you know, Romans chapter 12, uh, Romans chapter 13, rather, and in 1 Peter chapter 2, as well as 1 Timothy chapter 1. And in tandem with that government 
is the government of the church op operating by the power of the gospel. So law and gospel is the only way a society can actually thrive under the permission of a sovereign God. Where the law is slack and judgment doth not go forth, it is wholly set in the hearts of men to do evil. This is uh, Genesis 6. This is Genesis 9 and 11. And repeatedly throughout history, we have discovered that where the gospel is not working efficaciously by the church to be a prophetic voice to lay upon the conscience of our leaders their responsibility to govern in the fear of God, where that uh, restrainer is not being employed effectively by good believers, wise believers, mature believers living out their faith and, uh, and in, impacting the culture. And definitely mm -hmm. our government, what you see is a government gradually disintegrating from the inside, corrupting, and eventually um, confusion, chaos, disintegration, uh, anarchy, and treason will occur across the land, as is the case right now in our government. This is why when Mark suggested catching up with the book uh, uh, License to Lie by Sidney Powell, uh, I would first say check her out uh, in, in, in the suggested uh, website that I had stated early, Sidney Powell, How to Fix Justice, and get a good professional uh, concise interpretation of the depth of the brokenness of our judiciary. That's going to help us think through where we are right now as well, uh, Sean. And then Adam Adrzejewski's uh, The Depth of the Swamp. They are both within the same uh, category, uh, speaking at the same college about where we are in our political disintegration. So like, even we hope that the Supreme Court will actually uphold the constitutional right, privilege, and mandate for recounting and revoting. <clears throat> but the judiciary in, in America is so wickedly corrupt, like the days of the judges and the days of the prophets, that it is very possible that Joe Biden will just be president and everyone will succumb to the outcome because our powers will say nothing really uh, merited overturning the uh, election of Joe Biden, and we're all going to know something very wrong is going on, but we won't necessarily have any ability to stop it because that's the limitation of government. The three powers that we operate out of, the judiciary, executive branch, and legislative branch, if legislation is wicked, if judiciary is wicked, no matter what the executive branch does, it cannot overcome the Supreme Court's uh, abrogation of righteous judgment of our Constitution. Our Constitution for our country is our Bible. That Constitution gives us our rights, our freedoms, our mandates, and where our leaders are not the embodiment uh, in that of that. If they're not the embodiment, embodiment of the Constitution, that means the restrainer is gone, and uh, and anything will happen if that's the case. And I'm praying that that is not the case this time around, because if it is, then we can look forward to all of the dark uh, prophecies and prognostications and goals of, of the left to begin to occur uh, shortly after January 20th, uh, for sure. Listen, man, thanks for the call. Got to take you. a hard break. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Mark in Hillsdale, just hang in there, Hillsburg, hang in there. When we come back on the other side of the break, I'll pick you up. 
Three lines are open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Three lines are open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back. 